let praises rise from the inside. Amen. From the inside, from the depths of our spirit, let our praise be unto him. Amen. in this house that we feel tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Good evening, church. Amen. It's good to see my brothers and sisters in the house. Amen. Those that I love, praise God. Those that love our, our great God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're blessed with these opportunities. Amen. This time the youth can be dismissed downstairs. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Bless the young people. Bless my brother as he teaches. Amen. If we could pray, amen, before we get started. I want to pray for this moment in time and uh, for Pastor traveling home. Amen. If we can just lift him up. Lord Jesus, I love you. We're here for you. I commend my spirit, Lord God. To you, Lord Jesus, my mind, my thoughts, Lord, my weariness, I give over to you, Lord. You are my strength, Lord, your spirit, Lord God, is what we depend on, Lord God. And I thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this moment, Lord God. I thank you for my pastor, Lord God. Bless them, Lord God, as they travel home with safety, protection, Lord, I thank you. Help them, Lord God. Thank you for your hand upon them as they travel, Lord. In Jesus' name, bless your people in this house tonight, Lord, and those unable to be here. We thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you for your leading. I ask that you would just speak through me, Lord, as your will, according to your will and purpose tonight, Lord. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's get to it. <laughs> Uh, you can be seated if you'd like. I'm going to be reading out of Romans 8, amen, uh, starting in verse 4 through 9. I don't know if there's a title yet, but I would maybe... Uh, Beyond reasonable, is that a thing? <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Thankful to be here tonight. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 4 through 9. I'm reading out of the King James. It says, That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, the things of the, excuse me, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. 
For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. It's not submitted to it. Neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Amen. And now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If we have not the spirit, we're not going to be led by the spirit. It says, if we have not the spirit, he is none of his. We'll follow this by uh, Romans 8. 12 through 14. It says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you leave at, live after, for as many as, excuse me, I think I got chopped up there. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If we're not led by the Spirit, amen, and the Word of God... And we're being led in another direction, amen, by something else. Our own ideas or the world's ideas, correct? I think that sums up the scripture in a nutshell that we just read. Amen. This. Thank you, Lord. We'll get going here, amen. It's so crucial. I just want to... Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's so crucial, amen, in these last days, I feel, to do whatever we can do to be beside ourselves, amen, to be outside of our own thoughts and plans. They get so far in the way, amen. They get so far in the way of what the Lord wants to do. It gets in the way of, you know, even throughout the church as a whole, or whether that's what we know to be apostolic or another denominational things and music. Because today, most messages and music that we're hearing are about what? They're about self, self-improvement, self-help, your best life now, prosperity, me, me, I, I. You know, you can listen to something on the radio over and over, and it could be to anyone. We're not hearing about Jesus, amen. The the old stuff we would hear, you know, we'd hear about messages and songs about repentance, right? About the blood, about serving, about heaven, about Jesus. Imagine that, amen. We would hear songs, we would hear these things, and it would be about Jesus. And these Some of these things have gotten so far away from the will of God and from the from what it's really supposed to be all about, amen? Keeping the main thing, the main thing, and that is Jesus. T.F. Tenney said that Jesus has a problem, and he thinks church should be about him. Amen. 
I love that quote. He also said another one that uh, there's only two that I, that I can remember and quote, but the other one is sometimes the voice of God sounds like your wife. <laughs> Amen. Maybe some I should forget. Just kidding. I'm joking. Amen. It is true. Praise God. It's that spirit of individualism that has reduced the gospel to such a purely personal message that it feeds us instead of edifying Christ and leading us to do the opposite of what we want. Amen. That personal message has such little regard for the lost souls around us. Many have placed themselves at the center of the gospel. Everybody's a prophet. Everybody's something these days on YouTube. Thank God I don't get too many of those prophet so-and-so suggestions anymore. But everywhere you turn, somebody is declaring themselves to be somebody. And they're... And they want, they want you to send money so you, they'll pray for you and give you a word. Thank God we can get to the source, amen? The true source. Praise God. We know that has to change, amen? That's gonna, that some of those things in some places is inevitable it's going to stay that way because they they started that way those things that begin in the flesh they're probably going to remain in the flesh unless they find a place of repentance amen unless they are reached with the truth and their eyes are opened amen but it's time that that changes the good news is with the help of the lord amen the help of the lord and the help of our our involvement in sharing those, that truth, and we can have a part in changing that. And also, we have the opportunity in the midst of that as preventing that from ever becoming anything in the local body, amen, or in anything around us. Is this us, amen? The local body, that's, that's us, amen. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Amen. This we can start our day with. Amen. If we were to start our day speaking out this scripture, I think we would do well. Amen. Take up his cross and follow me. And whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Amen. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Is there anything worth it? God, for you to talk about further on in, in Romans where what can separate us? What can separate us? It's us. <laughs> it's us. It's us remaining in past ways. That's what can separate us. It's our decisions. But there's nothing on this earth. There's no other force greater than 
than us, spirit-filled believers, than the church. And that's the only thing that can stop the will of God, the plan of God, collectively and individually. Removing our flesh and fleshly desires to a degree is crucial to where we can see beyond, beyond us, beyond us, beyond me, beyond what we see inside of these walls from week to week, right? Enough to fill that burden. We talked about a burden. I don't know how many weeks ago, but began to express that, but where we can just look beyond, see beyond what's in front of us to feel something beyond myself. Daily is, it's imperative. The hurt and hopelessness that's there, that's out there, and that we can realize how badly people truly are seeking and want and need help. Where they had no, in, they could have no intention and vocalize it weeks before that they have no desire to enter into a church or to do this or do that, but that it's, it's within them. They can say one thing, but the drawing of the Lord pushes that away and it brings the truth out because what they're vocalizing is not always true. What we see in front of us is not always true. But yet they could enter in to the presence of God or enter in to the house of God, which they would say would never do, yet come and be touched because it was the will of God for them to be here. But and if we're not going to feel that that burden, that desire, we're not going to put ourselves in positions to share that hope. Those things are not going to ever come to pass. It's going to be very difficult. Or what generally tends to happen is those that are lacking certain elements in the word of God tend to be the ones most active in evangelizing. And what happens is if we don't reach them, if we don't catch them on fire with the true fire, then they get caught up with strange fire. And I believe, I feel that that ends up on my shoulders when that happens. Obviously, I can't reach everybody, but if that ever happens to someone because I didn't take that opportunity because I wasn't sensitive or I was too busy or unwilling, I believe that falls on my shoulders. I've said before, there's many here. There's more coming now. Amen. Praise God. We're seeing the fulfillment of prayer. We're seeing and being presented with another opportunity as an influx of souls and babies to be nurtured. Amen. There's more coming. There's more on the way. It is crucial. Amen. That we we talked about the church being the mother. And that we would realize that male or female in this body, that 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 spirit of of nurture, that spirit of uh, just bringing hope and love and care, attention and understanding to those that are coming in, to those that are, are hurting and lost, that they could find restoration.
I think I know it's it's been said and it's been proven. And the reason it was said is because it was what they felt and seen. But there's been visitors come to this place and vocalize, "This is a restoration church. This is a restoration church." You know, the best thing about restoration is that when you restore something, most of the time, it not you don't. I'd say most of the time, they don't have a percentage, but when something is restored, it's brought better than original condition, above and beyond that original condition. Amen. That, however, it came out of the factory, however it started, when it's restored, generally, it's done above and beyond where where it was in the beginning before it ended up with the rust and the holes in the floor and the flat tires and then it had to get drug out of the weeds drug out of the sticker bushes and the mud to become something what something great and greater than it ever was from the beginning and that's what the lord offers but he needs us he has to have our involvement amen because we are his hands and feet. Mm. I might come back to that. Praise God. Our time. I don't apologize for sounding like a broken record. I'm always going to be obedient. Amen. But our time and our lives is truly not our own. If we believe the word of God. We talked about the word of God being true and his promises. And we all know that, but having the understanding that our time, our lives, our homes, or anything is truly not our own, amen, it's, it's crucial. It changes. I thank God for everything. I thank him for where I'm not, amen. We serve a great God, church. You and I, our lives were bought with the blood, the pure blood of Jesus Christ. While we were what? While we were yet sinners, while we were that. We, many of us, I know I was that wreck. I had to get drug out with a winch or whatever it was to, you couldn't even recognize that thing out in the weeds. But he would come while we were in that condition, would come and purchase us for top dollar, amen? come and purchase us for top dollar while we were in that condition. Think about it. Come and pay the full, full amount. Those that are out hunting something to restore, they want to get it for free. But he came and paid top dollar in that condition for us. Praise God. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. I'm going to read something that's going to Give us a little more understanding. And that's what I feel. However it may come out tonight. It's to beseech us. Myself. My brothers and sisters. Amen. Therefore brethren by the mercies of God. That ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy acceptable unto God. Which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Brother Godfrey was talking about that sacrifice. 
Christ was that perfect sacrifice. At times I wonder, is it truly possible for us to sacrifice, to actually sacrifice? I know it's possible for us to feel like we've sacrificed something. But in the essence and the meaning of that, is it really possible for us to sacrifice? If we're not our own, if we were bought with the blood, so if I, Brother Manny, I'll use it as an example. If I was to give away your coat to someone when it's cold outside or give away your car, what did I sacrifice? Did I sacrifice anything? Well, what's the difference if, it all, if we're not our own and anything what we do with our lives or give can we truly sacrifice something that belongs to the Lord? Is it possible? Just as it is it a sacrifice if I give away something of yours or you give something away of mine? Is that a sacrifice? I don't know that it's possible. It feels in our flesh like a sacrifice. What, what we know as a sacrifice when we do things. Maybe there's just a different term that we could use, but technically... When we give our time and our money and these things and we are not our own, is it a sacrifice? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, What? Know ye that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. It talked about our reasonable service. Our reasonable service, but I'm going to read something. There's a commentary in the Apostolic Study Bible. I began to dig into this, but I'm going to read from this. I feel to concerning uh, Romans 12, Verse 1, this verse urges the readers to establish a right relationship with God by consecrating themselves wholly. Paul used a favorite word, beseech, to phrase this as an exhortation instead of a command. The word means to exhort, entreat, appeal, plead, beg, or urge. The exhortation is linked with with the preceding doctrinal exposition by the word therefore, emphasizing the essential unity of doctrine and life for the purpose for doctrine is to produce consecrated lives. Specifically, the plea is based on the mercies of God, which include justification, sanctification, and other blessings from God's compassionate grace discussed in chapters 1 through 11. In view of these benefits of salvation, Christians are urged to respond in consecration. We do not earn salvation by consecration and moral reform. However, to the contrary, the mercies of God freely bestowed upon us in salvation motivate, enable, and issue forth in holy living. Christians are to present the Greek word used here and translated as yield means to yield, to offer, or dedicate their bodies to God. By offering, excuse me, 
By offering ourselves as living sacrifices, we become holy, separated, and consecrated, and pleasing to God. The Greek word translated as reasonable means rational or spiritual. If the connotation of spiritual predominates here, then the emphasis is on spiritual sacrifice as opposed to literal. Physical sacrifice as opposed to literal, literal physical sacrifice. Serving God is the most reasonable thing to do in view of the benefits in this life, not to mention the eternal rewards. So what is the reasonable service? What's beyond that? Amen. What is beyond the minimal? What is beyond reasonable? To be faithful, surrendered, submitted. The ultimate achievement, I believe, is to be in agreement. In agreement with the word, in agreement with God, in agreement with each other, with pastor, because we, we speak about submission, which is crucial. But what is submission? When we begin to submit to the word, submit to the man of God, we submit as husband and wife, we submit to each other. Submission is great, but it's, submission begins where agreement ends. So there, if you're not in agreement, but we, we compromise, we, we concede. If we concede, then now we're submitting and letting something go forth, even though we may not want to do that, even though we may not agree with it. But the ultimate achievement is to be in agreement, I will say. Submission and agreement are different. Amos 3 and 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Matthew 18, 19 through 20 says, Jesus, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, and it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Man, we love the end of that scripture. Right? Well, well, two or three are gathered in my name. I'm there with them. For those of us who know what a cassette is, let's rewind the tape. Most of us in here, praise God. Rewind the tape, so to speak. Verse 19 said that if two of you shall agree on earth, if two of you shall agree, for there, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. But they needed to be in agreement. It says if we're in agreement. That means not at odds. We're in agreement together. I agree. I agree in this situation we're going to pray about. I, you know, we're in agreement. There's power in agreement. It's not just about being in the same building, but being in agreement being in unity. Unity is crucial and imperative to God, amen, and to his people. Think about having siblings in the house, whether that's our own children or as children. 
If not, if we didn't have that experience, I, I believe you'll be able to relate, but what's the desire of the parent? It's for the siblings to get along, to be in agreement, right? To just to be able to work together, to be able to just not causing us problems and nitpicking and having to put out fires all day long as the parent, right? Well, that's the position we kind of can put God in when we're not in agreement, when these things can happen, any type of disunity. That's our desire for our children. That's a parent's desire for children. That's God's desire, how much more? To be in agreement, to be in unity, we talked about in every aspect, but to truly be in agreement is that much more powerful, amen, to agree. Because I could say, okay, I submit, Pastor, but I don't, I don't like what you said. I don't like that idea. I don't really want to do it, but I'm going to submit. But how much greater if we say, yes, Lord. I mean, I agree with your word. I agree with what it says and that you want me to do this. I agree, my brother. I agree, pastor. Let's go together in this. Let's work together on this thing and push. There's a difference. There's a, dip, a great difference. Both are important. And sometimes you can't get to the agreement without the submission first, for sure. But if we can get to that place where we can walk in agreement, we can be unified, moving together, involved together, giving of ourselves together, giving of the time that God has given us for whatever that may be, whatever the call is, whatever the call is for us to be outside of ourselves, because we are no more important than anyone else and not nearly as important as some others so to speak. We cannot take part in the kingdom of self. We can't do it. It's too, Godfrey was just saying, our time is short. We can't take part in the kingdom of self mentality by not getting involved in helping others. Should it one in the lost and spending time discipling Amen. With our families, our new believers, or finding these opportunities, creating them, be the everyday motivation for anyone who calls themselves apostolic. Amen. What did the apostles do? What kind of what? What did Jesus do? But if we don't resemble that, can we hang on the title? What is that all saying? If it looks like a duck, if it walks like a duck, it talks like a duck. Okay, but we can put what we want on a title or on a sign. But what did they do? What was happening in the book of Acts? How did they operate? They moved together in the face of every circumstance. They had disagreements. But it was worked out, and they moved together no matter what. They prayed for each other. They reached their world rapidly because they got rid of distractions. They chose to do what Christ did. They didn't have their babysitter anymore. They were really obviously accountable to, 
to Christ, even though he wasn't there just like we are, but they were accountable to each other. They were in agreement with each other. What does it say? And Peter stood standing with the eleven. So what did the apostles do? It'll tell us in the book of Acts, amen? We hear about it. It's not a far off thing. It's what we're to do here now. Or certainly we're not apostolic. We might as well be others. Because there's others that don't even understand what that is. That outshine us. They outshine me. I say us with, you know, what's the old saying? Best part about these things is that I get dealt with for a week. And the rest of us get it for a few minutes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The spirit of our age is selfishness. And this attitude can and has crept into the church as a whole. But the only way to be free of this thinking is through prayer and application of scripture, application of the teaching and preaching that we've been blessed with. In reading the instructions of Christ in the acts or actions of the apostles, what do we see? What are we told? Are we to be spectators or participators? I'm going to speed up through the rest of this. But spectator is a noun. It's a noun. It's basically immobile if you think about it. A person who watches at a show, at a game, or other event. Synonym is an onlooker, a watcher, a looker-on, a, a fly on the wall, a viewer, an observer. Uninvolved is an adjective showing lack of emotional involvement and uninvolved bystander. Synonyms are detached, unconcerned, lacking in interest or care or feeling. What is beyond reasonable? What is beyond our reasonable service? Cooperation and participation beyond obligation, beyond the status quo is the minimum. God did not call us to be mediocre in any way. Peculiar, yes. But he did not call us to come up short. He did not call us to be spectators. Thank God on Sunday it was, I didn't even see, I felt such a wave of the Holy Ghost as everybody began to, so many would step in and begin to participate. Amen. They begin to participate in worship and participate in that flow. And I know what that is to, to break through that barrier of the flesh. It's so liberating. There's so much freedom in there. And without experiencing that liberty in praise and that liberty in worship, once you've experienced that, now it will open up. I just, there's a couple. I, I don't even know exactly who for sure all is in here that was just took part in extra, doing that extra, that really that reasonable service, but stepping outside, amen, and taking some laps and worshiping that much more is that, that liberty that comes with that, and now it will carry over, and now you'll find a liberty and a flow, that freedom in, in your prayer. Until you find that liberty in your praise and your worship, it's going to be very difficult to find that liberty in the flow of prayer. 
or in the flow of the spirit, I would say in that where it comes, you have that freedom to now do what we're talking about, to reach out to people, to be able to speak, to be able to get outside of ourselves. If we can't get outside of ourselves here where it's comfortable to do it, are we going to get outside of our flesh and outside of ourselves outside of this place and do what we're called to do and be what? Apostolic, praise God. There's victory in that, and I thank God for it. I began to weep. That's why I couldn't see who all was running and so on. Amen. I know it touched pastor as well, but I began to weep. That is the heartbeat of our Lord. Amen. Cooperate is a verb. It's an action. It says to work jointly toward the same end or goal. Participate says to take part in an action or endeavor. Synonyms are to take part, to engage, to join, to get involved, to share, to play a part, to play a role, be a participant, cooperate, help, assist, lend a hand, go in for, contribute to, be associated with, associate oneself with, have a hand in, have something to do with, to be, to get in on the act, to pitch in. Amen. I want to be a participator, not a spectator. Amen. That's the man getting preached. It's been many years since I've heard it. Participators, not spectators. Obligation is an act. Thank you, Jesus. Participate. Obligation is an act of making oneself responsible for doing something. Something as a promise or a contract that requires one to do something. Something one must do, a duty, a feeling of being indebted for an act of kindness. You did this, so now I feel like I have to do that. They helped me move. That was great, but now it's time to help the other person move. And now we're not so excited or cheerful to do that. <laughs> right? Now it's our turn to help. We're not very excited and cheerful to go help the other person move. But what? We feel obligated. They did something for me. I, I have to go do this now. Now I feel obligated because they helped me, but I'm not motivated. I'm not cheerful. I'm not excited to do these things. And if we're not careful, that can and does carry over it right here into the church, into our giving, into his time, and the giving of those finances, whatever that may be, giving of our, our lives, that that reasonable service our living sacrifice. That's how we can sacrifice is by that going beyond that reasonable service. It's a spiritual sacrifice. That means everything we're doing is through him and for him, through the spirit. It's not so much about the act, but it's just operating in the spirit, being led of the spirit, flowing in the spirit. That means outside of ourself and our flesh. This ties back to the scriptures we started with. Praise God. So I ask of myself and each of us, what am I doing? Continually. I ask of myself, what am I doing of eternal value? I know I pray and declare to the Lord, I can do nothing of eternal value without him. I can't do this or anything that he allows me or encourages me to do without him not with any eternal value or results. What am I doing 
with the window of opportunity called life that I've been allotted? What do I want to be found doing when Jesus comes? Amen. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. We say it, we know it, but think about it. Yeah, he's coming, but, and we feel that we're prepared, but what do we want to be found doing when that day comes? Because the day is coming. What do I want to be found doing? It's easy to allow our flesh to keep us from getting outside of ourselves or reluctant to get involved, but the rewards and the freedom, the encouragement that comes when we do, nothing compares. The fulfillment of the commission given to us from the Lord will force us to be or feel inconvenienced by the world's standards. And in reality, in, by our world standards and in reality, it will cause us to feel inconvenienced. But if our perspective is right, everything changes. Our plans, our desires are much more easily disregarded when our perspective changes and that understanding is those are just my plans those are just my plans that's just what I want and that can be so quickly pushed aside because this is the will of God for me and for all of us amen and that agreement unity together moving forward what I feel in closing Thank you, Jesus. That we could bind together, amen. I think we could see it fit and orchestrate it that we could come and bind together in prayer, amen. If we decide to see where the Lord takes us, I don't even feel that we need any music. If we could bind together in unity and prayer, I think we could orchestrate it with men with men, ladies with ladies very easily. But I truly feel that in the Holy Ghost that if we could unify and closing in agreement, amen, in agreement with what the Lord wants and the, what the Lord's doing in this church. He's doing great things. He's called us for great things, amen. Thank you, Lord. I just want to ask, what is it that I can do less or more of for the grace and the power of the Spirit, amen, to help to be fully prepared and ready for His use according to His will, Amen. To be in alignment with his word. Because that's what I want to be found doing. I want to be found in alignment with this word. I want to be found working. Not working for my salvation, but working for his purpose. Amen. And that's what we're all called to do together in agreement. Praise God. So I'd open this altar and truly bind together in unity as a body. Amen. With those of us that are here standing in the gap amen because we are a body and all that we do not only affects each of us because we all play a vital role we all play a vital role united and functioning as one one body that's why it affects us when somebody's not here it's like you know the example it's like that limb is numb or Whatever the case may be, or we're missing that foot, it's, we can keep moving, but it, it's, it's not as easy. It's not as functional. We can't do what we need to do, amen, accordingly. Amen. Well, amen. We can join together in the front if we're comfortable. I just feel to bind together. 
Amen. This used to be a normal occurrence. I feel it's been a long time, and it's, I know it's the will of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord of glory.